0: I'm Aaron Schachter in for Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Another tense day in the Oscar Pistorius murder case. All week, a judge in Pretoria has been listening to the defense and prosecution argue over whether or not the double amputee track star should be granted bail. Today, Judge Desmond Nair finally delivered his verdict, and he did so in dramatic fashion. Ultimately, Nair said the prosecution failed to establish Pistorius as a flight risk or that he's too violent to be out on bail. I come to the incl- conclusion that the accused has made a case to be released on bail. Yes! You can hear the reaction there from one of Pistorius' supporters in court. Bail was set at one million rand, or about $113,000. Pistorius was also ordered to stay away from witnesses and from his house, where he shot his girlfriend Riva Steenkamp. Rian Malan is a writer based in Johannesburg. He's best known for his memoir, My Traitor's Heart, which focuses on racial relations in South Africa. He says public opinion about Pistorius has shifted over the past week.
1: When the news first broke last week, there was this assumption that uh, Pistorius was a controlling Afrikaner male, heavily armed, dangerous, very possessive... um perhaps sexually insecure, very jealous of all his girlfriends, that he had a history of a certain kind of, shall we say, coercive sexual violence. And this seemed to be another outbreak that had just gone much further and resulted in murder. And I think that the South African press treatment of him was sort of fairly tough. There was the assumption with it that he was guilty as charged. And this has all changed radically in in the last day or two since the bail hearing began in earnest. I think that the fact that this man does not have legs is surely quite significant. His account of himself and this notion that he feels vulnerable because when he takes his artificial legs off, he has to hobble around on, on his stumps and he can't move particularly fast and therefore feels vulnerable. You South Africa, is suppose we're world famous now for having a very high crime rate. And just because we're paranoid doesn't mean that there isn't a real threat. So it struck me because I've been so often in exactly the same situation myself that when things start going bump in the night and you think there's somebody in the room with you, exactly the same thing happened to me four or five days ago. I was asleep in a friend's house and we had we had a break-in and you know, a guy came in and then stole the laptop. It was neither here nor there. He wasn't violent. He wasn't armed. He could have been, but, I, you know, <laughs> I stood looking. And this happened him. while you were there? Yes. Wow. And it's not, you know, I mean, the sort of thing that we've come to live with in South Africa. On the other hand, once he got into the witness stand and told his own story, a lot of people started saying, well, maybe this guy's got a point.
0: Now, a lot of what uh, you write about as an author and journalist has been, from my understanding, issues of race in South Africa. And and I I imagine you can't escape it there. Does that have anything to do with the decision in the Pistorius case, do you think, or, or public opinion about it?
1: No, I I really don't think it affects the decision. But I mean, look, I mean, in South Africa, every issue is racial. Pistorius is not necessarily rich because he's white. On the the other hand, white people like him and I have had uh, opportunities that were for a long time were denied to black people. And so we tend to be much richer than our black peers. There's an awful lot of black suffering and hardship in South Africa. That's one of the reasons why our crime rate is so high and why why there's so much violence. And that in turn is why... Pistorius was by according to newspaper accounts, and I think they're reliable. He they had six guns, including a, se- a semi automatic and, and two double barrel shotguns. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty Quite an formidable arsenal. arsenal. Yeah. That in turn might speak to a certain kind of racial paranoia if you have, because if you live where he does in a sort of gated community in an upper middle class part of Pretoria, the people who you expect to come barreling through your windows at night and, and to uh, shoot you, perhaps, or, or in my case, to steal your laptop. They tend to be black. This is the nature of the South African drama. We, we racial stereotype each other all the time. Right.
0: You know, there's a, a review of your uh, book, Resident Alien, that I saw, which says, it's, quote, worth an honored place in your safe alongside the cash and the pepper spray, which is not a review I don't think one would ever see in America. Well, you know, probably the only true line
1: that I've ever really written about South Africa is that we yaw between terror and ecstasy quite often we, we do the round trip several times in a single day. I mean, this is one of the extraordinary things about South Africa is that it's a place of extraordinary drama. Every day, every week brings stories that that you're quite convinced are going to tear the country apart and start a civil war and and put an end to the area in, w- in which we're living in and and uh, for two weeks, everyone's agonized about them. And suddenly, they just sort of get forgotten. They get blown off the front page by the next sort of dumbfounding crisis. And I'm afraid, you you know, we still even 20 years after the end of apartheid and the onset of, of, of democracy, that this sort of, shall we say, apocalyptic <laughs> mood still occurs from time to time. Yes.
0: Now, you speak about these issues that... Uh at any moment could tear the country apart. There have been comparisons in, in this particular case with the O.J. Simpson case in the, in the United States, which created a, a great rift between black and white. Is that comparison apt in this case?
1: You no, know, I don't think this case is going to go that way at all because there, there is no racial animus in this case. You ever a white guy shooting a blonde supermodel. You must understand the prosecutor is a guy called Gheri He's A, an Afrikaner, and he's like a conservative, good, old-fashioned Afrikaner. Gheri Nell is, is a very tough guy. He's gone up against very powerful and dangerous people. This isn't the most edgy case that he's, uh, he's ever handled. I think that if you had the suspicion that, that Pistorius, because of his wealth or because of his international standing and because he's white, finds himself being treated more leniently than a poor black man in his position, then it might indeed sort of acquire a, a racial... Uh, a racial dimension. But I mean, at the moment, I think there's no talk of that at all. I don't think that the granting of bail at all is is a racial decision. I think if you listen to the judge's judgment, it is very careful and even-handed and very closely reasoned.
0: Rian Milan is a South African author and journalist. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.